Hey everyone, hope you're doing well. I'm really excited about this episode. I sit down with my very dear friend, the renowned professional artist, Patrick McGrath Muniz. And we again deviate just for a little bit from our series exploring the major arcana of the tarot, which we're, we're definitely going back to. We'll be exploring the Justice card probably in early 2024, sometime in January of next year. But we deviate and, and we actually focus on a beloved national figure in the United States, Bob Ross. And I know that is a bit of a, of a weird topic in, in light of what I, what I usually cover here on Psyche Podcast, but I, I thought Patrick would be the perfect person to talk to about Bob Ross. And I guess I was feeling at the end of the year with all the negativity going on in the world that it would be helpful and hopeful to have an in-depth conversation about this wonderful guy that I just recently got into over the last few months. I can't paint worth a shit. Patrick is my favorite painter. He's unbelievable. You should definitely check out his work. But there's a lot in the philosophy and the, the values of Bob Ross that I think could resonate with you and anyone just to have a little bit more hope and optimism in the world, which I think is so needed nowadays. When I first came up with this idea, I basically emailed Patrick these 10 principles or values that I've gleaned from my very brief time with Bob Ross, and that's what we're going to explore in this episode. And these 10 principles are, number one, no mistakes, happy accidents. Number two, go with the flow. Number three, make love to the canvas, which gets into passion and love. Number four, make your own world. You have the power and control there. Number five, no pressure. Number six, positive mindset or gratitude. Number seven, a relationship to nature. Number eight, trees grow in different ways or freedom to an individuate. Number nine, anybody can paint. And number 10, focus on practice rather than talent. So we get into these principles and some other really interesting ideas and topics revolving around Bob Ross, who he was. We also talk a little bit about the documentary on Netflix, which was really insightful and, and, and just fucked up in terms of what happened to Bob Ross and how the company kind of screwed him over. But at the end of the day, I want this to be positive. I want this to be hopeful. And, and I want this to be something that you can share with people who have never heard of Bob Ross or who haven't gotten into him. And, and maybe they'll get a chance to go deeper into his life and his work. Thank you again for listening. As always, share this episode, spread the news on social media, and continue the conversation. You know, when we do these paintings, we have a general idea of what we're going to do, but other than that, they're really, they're really not planned. We learn to, to work with what happens. And when you're at home, don't worry about following exactly what we have here. Let things happen and use what happens and create your own masterpieces. Don't just try to copy what we're doing. And you can do it. Patrick, it's so great to have you to the podcast studio to share this bottle of wine together. I always love it when we connect in person and have these conversations. 
I, I truly value our friendship and, and just get so much out of it. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you, Kike. Likewise, I really appreciate you inviting me over. It's always my pleasure to have these conversations. And as we mentioned before, I really feel we get something out of this. We learn something new. We rethink our own postures and assumptions. And conversations like this are a learning experience that I really enjoy. Absolutely. Thanks. Yeah, 100%. So I know that when we were thinking about what we would talk about this time, we're going to again, take a bit of a detour away from our series that we've been doing together on the 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 major arcana of the tarot deck. Uh, last time we talked about some of the spiritual roots of Puerto Rico, and today we're going to be talking about just Bob Ross and maybe a bit of his life philosophy. And and I think we decided to do that because we're both interested in him, and, and we'll talk about who he was in a moment, but we're also thinking, man, we're in kind of some dark times. Everything on the internet is so negative. Maybe having a little bit of positivity and optimism could be a good thing as we come to the close of 2023. I completely agree with that statement. I couldn't agree more, uh, especially with the news around the world. You feel so much uh, tension and uncertainty. And there's, I mean, it's so easy to be addicted to this doom scrolling that we are so prone to in our generation and with the the media being so saturated with bad news that uh, talking about a figure like Bob Ross is just, <laughs> I feel like it's just what we need right now. <laughs> something really light, something positive, something funny that I find uh, at, funny in so many levels. And, and, and there's so much to be learned from someone like him and, and his philosophy and way of seeing life. And, uh, and you, there's much to be learned from the way he painted, even though some people might regard him and not as a great painter, the energy that uh, came out of this guy and, 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 and the impact and the influence he had in so many lives is something to be really worthy of, of admiration and discussion. Yeah, well said. Okay, so in a moment, maybe you could say a few things about him as a person and his painting. But before we do that, just as a way to kind of reflect on what you said a moment ago, I think, and, I, and I'm going to just speak for myself, one of the dangers I can fall into when I'm just doom scrolling or spending a lot of time on social media reflecting on all the major issues that are going on in the world is that I very quickly get a sense that what I do doesn't matter very much. And even though there is some truth to that, I, I think the, the 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 trap that I can fall into is that I'm somehow this victim or this robot that that just has life happening to me and that I'm not a real agent in the world that can take little steps towards any kind of positive change. And one of the things I like about Bob Ross is he focuses on, even in the here and now, in these little ways, you can create your world, you can you can affect some type of change. It may not be massive, but it's something. And, and I just think that's good psychologically. That's That's healthy for the soul to feel like you're not just a puppet, like you have some type of agency and power in the world. Absolutely. And I feel like painting is a great example. And not just Bob Ross, but any painter would be a, a good, well, not every painter is a good role model to follow. <laughs> Obviously, there are some lives of painters that are really disturbing. 
and and dark, but Bob Ross just emanated this 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 energy through his work and not just his words of of painting these landscapes and giving this this sense of of ease and peace, energy inner peace that we so much long for. And at a time that you know there was, I remember watching Bob Ross when I was a kid on TV on PBS. Okay, and he had this program. So so like back in the eighties. Back in the 80s, I think it was like 1983-ish uh, somehow, uh, like around like the early 80s. What was and, it, The Joy of Painting? It was The Joy of Painting. He had this this TV show, and it was not just him. There was other painters as well. After him, I remember there was another Catherine Jenkins, and and in and, and Puerto Rico, it was Asaustre, Pintando con Asaustre. So we had our own version of, of Bob Ross okay. back in Puerto Rico. So a lot of people wanted to imitate this but of course it was not just bob ross and bob ross obviously was not the first because he had a teacher that came before him bill alexander yes was this german guy who had the show the magic of oil painting but of course he had a different personality a different vibe different energy different way of expressing uh, the terms and, and and methods and techniques of painting that bob ross just took it in a opposite direction right so i think that's part of the allure the 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 appeal that bob ross has that it was just this this inner peace and just like almost whispering that just tranquilized the viewers and and people even uh uh, mention him uh, as being a a very helpful aid in order to fall asleep yeah (laughs) dude not just for painting to learning to paint but just as you'd like he tranquilizes me. I, I don't know if you've gotten into this, but in some of the podcasts that I've listened to about Bob Ross, people will now say that he was doing ASMR before that's that right. was kind of a thing. That exactly right. Yes. I, I think that's actually quite fascinating. It is. And, and I can see it once I've gone back and like really listened to some of his episodes. And how old is that term ASMR? And what does it stand for? I think it became popularized 2007, 2010, and it stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. Tingling sensation that usually begins on the scalp and moves down the back of the neck and upper spine. It's, it's, a, it's a pleasant sound that, that a lot of people, including a lot of my clients, use. They, they find these videos on YouTube where it helps them fall asleep, like you were saying, helps them feel calm, reduces their anxiety. And it's just fascinating to me that Bob Ross's voice gets associated with with this phenomenon before we even knew about it and as you say on youtube you you can just uh type in asmr and you'll find so many videos and and they usually focus on the lips and usually it's a sensual woman talking yeah well, the ones that i've found and they're so soothing and so calming so relaxing that it's just just i feel like okay everything is gonna be okay you know, in a sense that it's just all the problems in the world, you know, we get so fed up and so saturated by by all the news media. And, and the thing is, we become addicted to it without even knowing, because right. as long as we just scroll and just uh, like stare at an image of a crying child in Gaza for a moment, the algorithm already senses that and is going to keep feeding us more of that because they just want the eyeballs. They want the attention. 
But what we don't know, we're completely fooled by it, that we're falling into this trap of being addicted to pain, suffering, and despair. Mm. And that's why I feel like when you look at someone like Bob Ross, and the times were so simple back then, right? We didn't have the internet. Like very, very few channels on TV. Sometimes there was nothing on. Just like, okay, I'm going to watch this guy paint. Like even if I'm not following, you know, step by step, I don't have the materials. I don't have the stuff. I'm just looking and this. This is beautiful. Regardless, as I said, of what you might think of the guy as a painter, because that's something else completely different. Uh, I know that I because I've heard the critics of Bob Ross, and even when I went to art school, I heard not just Bob Ross, but the hate that was against anyone who painted like that. Because for really? those who, of you who don't know, Bob Ross painted just landscapes. And it was mostly of his, you know, years living in Alaska. He right. is a guy that was born in, in Orlando, Florida. You would expect palm trees yeah. and all that, right? Very more like uh, Florida landscapes. But most of his uh, works were of like these icy mountains, mountain tops, uh, frosty landscapes with pine trees, very Alaskan, and. And I heard the criticism of that back in art school. And I still see the art criticism of that from YouTubers on all over the place. And they are usually from academic backgrounds that come from, you know, art schools and all that. I understand because it becomes some sort of cliche, like a key thing that anyone can do, right? It's like a hobby painting, right? Mm. That like Sunday painters do. You don't do that if you want to pursue a profession as a, you know, a professional painter, you don't do that. That's what you hear. But at the same time, you, the people who say that they're completely overlooking and ignoring the fact that what the positive impact that this guy had with his methods, with his way of teaching and with his whole, whole attitude towards life, nature and painting that brought people that sense of inner peace. People that have testimonies of nearly committing suicide and right. being very depressed, and and that changed their lives, you know. And if you ever teach at an art center in Florida, like I did, and, and we're very close to where Bob Ross used to live, you see a lot of elderly people that need something to do and need to feel useful. They're retired. They, they need a hobby, and I don't see anything wrong with that. Right. You know, it's just like I, I, I see and I sense so much pretentious bullshit coming out of it, it art schools. It seems like the fucking elitist. It is it's totally elitist. It, it's like art has to be up to this scale, and it has to be understood by this certain group of people, and it's exclusive to professional painters. Who says that? You know, art should be enjoyed by everyone. I feel that I, I completely agree with that statement. And I feel like everyone should give it a try. Even if you're not a painter, just give it a try because it's just the, that sense of freedom of creating your own world. Like Bob Ross used to say, yeah. you know, he's creating his own little world, his landscape, the way he wanted. Like he had control over the canvas, unlike his own life, right? Because we feel, and, and he was not the first one who say to say that, right? Uh, I think Vincent Van Gogh used to say that as well. Like, my life might be a mess, but I have con full control over my canvas. You I know, like it's that. Like a, it's an it's it's an escape valve. It's a way of of dealing with life, 
in, in a creative way. Yeah, no, totally. Well, I really like that, Patrick. Thank you for that overview and, and sharing even your own kind of history with Bob Ross and, and, and how he was a, an important figure for you. Kind of what I want to do is just to highlight these 10 principles that I've gleaned from his work as, as I've been kind of thinking about him and studying him kind of for the last few months. And I just kind of want to see where we go with them. I'll, I'll just kind of throw out one of the principles and then we can riff on it and then move on to the next one if that works right. for you. So the first one that I think is pretty important is no mistakes, happy accidents. What do you think about that? That's beautiful. I feel like that is, it, it sounds so simple, so yeah. uncomplicated, really. It, it's this approach to life and, and that just opens up new windows of possibilities that you just, because people are so, so obsessed with success, especially in this culture, which yes. is just an overachiever uh, rat race culture that everyone wants to make more money, and in order to make more money, you have to become the best at your feet in your field. And we're going beyond painting here. We're just going beyond like in any any sort uh, sort of field. You want to be the best. You want to uh, stand out of the crowd. So in order to do so, no mistakes allowed. Uh, not not taking a break. Not taking you. You really have to take your job seriously. Come on. This guy, if you see him, just you don't even have to understand the, the language. Like this guy was was uh, the te television show went on to uh, you know all over the world was watched all over the world, and and this calm attitude towards life, and and, and even having you know simple mistakes on a canvas, which could be a perfect allegory to having a mistake in your life. It's fixable in a way, right? So. He tried to, I feel like in a way he was translating life onto canvas mm. in a way of how do you manage uh, a picture and the problems that you might find the formal aspects of painting um, as simplistic as they might seem with the landscape. How do you manage like simple mistakes? Would you just see them as happy mis mis uh, mistakes, happy uh, accidents, happy Happy everything because it, it was all happy with him. Happy clouds, happy trees, and the trees have friends, and most of the the landscapes have trees. So it's it's the attitude, really, the attitude you take towards life. I just watched this film last night. Really recommend it. It's uh, it's called Nyad. It's on Netflix. It's okay. A, this uh, senior lady, she's an athlete. She's but she's like sixty four. She swam from. Uh, Cuba to Florida. Is this based on a true story? It's based on a true Holy story. Shit. It's really moving. And she's very, you know, 64, you know. Uh, I think it was 64 or 61, I don't know. But the thing is, she made many mistakes. Like she didn't, at the, her first attempt, failure. But she kept trying. She kept trying. She kept trying. And it was like, every time she made a mistake, she learned from the, the mistake and she tried to assess all the things that went wrong and find an expert that would help her. So she was being bitten by jellyfish all the time, and she couldn't get through with it because that 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 uh, uh, those oceans there are just in, infected with sharks and jellyfish. Oh, I bet. So it's just it's such an ordeal. And when you watch this film, it's like okay, I'm gonna get a someone who is a jellyfish poison expert to help me. In order to you know try to 
do better next time. So every time she was assessing her mistakes and trying to do better next time, I feel like that is the right attitude. And, and, and it applies to everything, not just painting or sports, life in general. The mistakes are the ones that teach you. When you have success, you just move on to the next thing. You're not learning something new. You say, I did well, I'll just move on. But mistakes are the ones that are really valuable and you should take those seriously. Like, okay, this is a lesson to be learned. These are- this You know who I think really needs to, to hear that is, is our youth. Yes. I, I don't know that, that we as adults are always encouraging that principle, that mindset with, with our children, with, with those in high school. Right. You know, I, I see a lot of this in my therapy. Uh, a lot of teenagers nowadays really beating themselves up for not being perfect and not yes, getting right. the best grades, obsessed with this idea of uh, financial success in the future. And uh, any kind of mistake is just seen as the worst thing possible, right? You know where, where I place the, place the blame on that? A lot of pressure comes from social media. Okay. Comparing yourself. Speak, speak to that, please. Yes. You compare yourself constantly with others. I do it myself. I, I mean, that's human nature, right? We cannot, we cannot help ourselves. So you look at another painter who is more successful, and you look at the, uh, my, in my case, right? And I'm comparing my work with his, and it's like, why is this guy getting so much attention mm. if his work is not as good? You know, that is human nature. Sure. Just, just to give an example, but yeah. everyone does it. Everyone does it. And it's like, and on Facebook, it's, it's just the worst. That's the worst. And I feel like uh, the problem today growing up, which I don't envy at all people growing up in this generation so immersed in social media, is that you're constantly measuring yourself up to the successes and, and joyful lives of other people who are traveling, having fun, drinking, going to bars, having such a blast. It's like... Okay, stop for a moment and question, is this real or is this the image that they want you to perceive? Because, and for a moment, just take a break from social media. You know, just just don't look at it. You know, if you're going to use social media, use it for something constructive, creative, like art, sharing your work, whatever you do, uh, positive thoughts. But I feel like this is constant obsession with comparing each other is just driving our society nuts and depressed and and deprived of joy oh man dude I, no no <laughs> that's why it was called the joy of painting yeah so bob ross really wanted to spread the message that anyone could paint you know just think about that for a moment because that is so counterintuitive to what most people think oh i cannot paint a thing like i went to this frame shop right now like before coming here and the uh, and the guy who works with the frames, wow, your your drawings are amazing. I just cannot draw. I never could. I just drew stick figures. So that is like the 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 collective mindset that we cannot do this. That we need to leave this to the experts or there are people who specialize on this. This guy Bob Ross really opened the doors to like, welcome. You can do this. You can do this. You just follow these simple steps. Mm. Okay. Let's do this, and and, and it it ma he made it seem easy, mm. and people were able to express and become and feel at least get that experience of feeling like they were true artists, regardless of what you might think. Like, oh, these are not artists; these are just people who are just you know Sunday painters or doing this for a hobby. It doesn't matter. It's it's the experience 
that you get from it. Yeah, that's really well said. Okay, so the second principle, I think, in some ways flows with what we've been talking about, and, and the principle is go with the flow. What do, what do you think about that? Is that, is that something that, that, that informs your own life? Do you, do you like that principle? Would you disagree with it? Would you think oh, about it no, differently? No. I okay. completely agree with that. I completely, and especially now at this moment in my career that I feel like mm. we are mentalized and, and indoctrinated in a way, especially if you go to art school, in my case, right? That everything has to have a purpose, an explanation, a theory, a concept. You have to do your research and all blah, 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 this and that. Uh, and, and, and you go into all this work to just create an artwork and this could apply to anyone in any you know aspect in, in their own lives, how much you overthink things. Just go with the flow. Mm. Just whatever you feel right as long as, and this is, I'm trying to quote Bob Ross, even though I don't know his exact words, as long as sure. it doesn't hurt anyone and makes you feel happy and you feel like you're doing something good with your life, go ahead with it. Mm. Yeah. That's the principle. And I think what's coming up for me is building on what you said about overthinking and then just moving away from that, going with the flow is we have to try to loosen up and, and not control so much. And that's a hard one for me because I, I tend to want to control. I, I tend to overthink. It's difficult for me to just go with the flow. But when, when you're not going with the flow, when you're trying to force it, it usually ends in a pretty shitty way. Well, think about it in, in, in this uh, sense. Uh, we think we are in control. Mm. We think we are not following the flow that we're determining our own decisions and all. But when you go online and you go on social media and you go on all these websites and you even go on YouTube, aren't you be, aren't you out of control really? You're really going with the flow there. We're just, oh, I like this. Oh, I like that. Oh, I'm going to scroll down to his. Oh, are you really in control? Like, I think about this uh, uh, a lot lately. Like, how much in control are we, really, in the end? Like, all these algorithms are just having fun with us, you know? And, and wouldn't it be better if we just, like, took a break from from all the our phones, computers for a moment and just really went into the flow, go into nature, go for a walk? Just go, that for me would be good to go to with, with the flow, with the flow of nature, of the cosmos. Mm. And I think uh, someone like Bob Ross was really in sync with that whole concept. Yeah. Do, do you think some of what you've been talking about connects to a philosophy we both enjoy, stoicism, and the idea of recognizing what's in your control, what's out of your control, e even their idea of trying to be in line with nature, Oh, absolutely. Does that resonate with you? Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. I, I feel like it goes hand in hand. Now, in, in terms of getting a little bit deeper, in terms of the flow, do you think there's things outside of nature that are controlling things? Do, do you get into any type of spirituality or supernaturalism when it comes to that? Or in your mind, is it just what's in front of us? Is it completely material or what yeah what do you think about that oh, that's a that's a that's a loaded question it is a loaded question we could go many ways i was hoping about with it. enough wine you could unpack that <laughs> well i need another okay. another bottle uh, another bottle i'll go get one <laughs> for that question alone <laughs> because i feel i i have that same question 
every time I get up, it's like, what what's going on right now? As soon as I get up, I I I, I try to remember my dreams, what I, what, what yes. my dreams were. And I try to write them down or record them because I feel like that's really important. Not that I think that there is necessarily a superior, higher uh, entity that is in control and trying to give me messages, but maybe my own subconscious is trying to tell me something. And it's guiding that flow, if you will, of where I should be directing all my attention or my energy or my my creative insight. And so I pay close attention to that. You have to be very aware, mindful of who you are, where you're coming from, your own experiences, your daily life, and the little things. Because sometimes it's the little things that are just telling you, listen, this is important, even though you might be just, you know, lo- overlooking it and just not not really paying attention. So I feel like the cosmos has a way to mm. just come through through you, either through art, through dreams, daily experiences. So it's, I feel like that that is my practice, at least. And okay. It, and it's help, quite helpful. You know, so if, if I can just riff for a second, another figure in the PBS world, the 1980s, that I really love is uh, Mr. Rogers. Oh. You know, Fred Rogers. And, and he had this concept that he called yes. guided drift. Now, for him, ultimately, there was kind of a supernatural being that was maybe guiding our lives. And, and I'm with you. I, I don't hold to that perspective. But I, I, I like this paradox of there's maybe a transpersonal reality or there, there's, there's, a, there's a spiritual something that is outside of our human ego that is a factor in the world that has some type of influence and so there is a type of guidance, and I don't think it has to be one thing. We, we could name it a billion different things. Maybe it is our inner psyche. Maybe it is the stars. I, I don't know what it is, but but there is something outside the ego that's kind of guiding humanity, but I definitely think there's this type of drift. There's chaos. There's randomness. Things don't always work out, and, and maybe piecing those two together is is, is important. Yes, absolutely. I agree. I love Mr. Rogers. By the way, I, w- I wanted to mention for those who are not familiar with uh, Bob Ross, but but you are with Mr. Rogers. Uh, Bob Ross was the Mr. Rogers of painting. Okay. Yeah. I it, wondered about that. Yes. Oh, I could feel the same energy at the same time. And and what they had in common was this sense of empathy uh. and being able to listen and tune and sync in with their audience and mm. really be uh, open to the possibility of other views, uh, other other people, other perspectives. And that's, for me, that's just going with that flow, that drift. Sure. They're just going with it. And, and that's why they're so effect they're so effective. Like you, you, you watch Mitch, Mr. Rogers, or you watch Bob Ross paint, you feel like you know these guys. Like you can you can imagine yourself having a beer with them or Dude, like totally. having a coffee or whatever. I feel like, like they're speaking directly they're to speaking, me. They're speaking directly to you. And it's because that sense of empathy just re- really resonates and comes through their, their, their way of presentation and all. And I feel like we are living right now in a time that's so narcissistic, so self-centered. Everything is about me. me very me, egocentric. Me, me. Very egocentric, very TikTok driven. <laughs> 
It's all about like the next thing. Oh, who's doing this? Who's doing that? And everyone wants to be an artist. Everyone wants to be a celebrity. Everyone wants to be the center of the universe. Right. Like, right. While these guys were just being, being, just being. They were just being. I, I think that's, man, just being instead of doing is maybe another way of talking about going with the flow. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you mentioned what connects Bob Ross and Fred Rogers is is their emphasis on on empathy. And I could not agree more. You know, another thing that I think about that I want to check in with to see if you resonate with is I also see them both as these two male figures. And I think that's important to highlight that were very gentle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to say about that? Because I'm still yes. thinking about what I want to say in terms of their gentleness. But, but I'm curious what you have to say. Just uh, watch an episode of Mr. Rogers. Watch uh, many episodes of with Bob Ross. He had uh, people he invited over. Just look at the way he, both of them, treated others with such respect, such grace, and just like empathy and just love and caring. And just like this person is important to me. I'm going to give him some space. I, I Like if you watch any of the episodes of Bob Ross with his son, Steve, yeah, or with his squirrel, he had a squirrel that was always with him or other animals or other, you know, just that general love and empathy for others. It's just heartwarming. And, and it's just, for me, it's the perfect ro- role model for any artist or anyone, no, regardless if you're an artist or not, because I mean, there's so so many uh, uh, negative examples right now through the media that you, you just don't want to follow. <laughs> you, you would be better off looking at these guys and really learning a lesson of how to interact with others through them. Yeah, no, that's really good. Okay, Patrick, in terms of the third principle that, that, that I glean from Bob Ross, I think this could be a fun one to really discuss is his statement that you have to make love to the canvas, which right gets into love and passion, maybe even a type of erotic energy, which I struggle even saying in relationship to Bob Ross, but in the, in the Netflix documentary that we were talking about, Bob Ross, happy accidents, betrayal and greed, which I think everyone should, should watch if they have a subscription to Netflix it's it's pretty fucked up, but really interesting. <laughs> they they get into Bob Ross as a type of sexual figure for for I, I'm assuming a lot of women that were watching him, and I'm I'm really interested to see what you have to say about that. Oh, absolutely. That is <laughs> the hair. Let, you're let right. Me, yeah, yeah. The hair I, on his chest. Oh, the hair on his head, on his chest. Uh, women would go crazy. This he was a rock star. He was a he, rock star. He was a rock star of painting, which is really extremely rare. Because when you think of rock stars, it has to do with Elvis, with music, right? Uh, someone who is in front of an audience like that, but a painter. He's like the, the if, if you think of a rock star in painting, like a celebrity influencer before any TikTok, YouTube channels were available, he was the guy. He was the the first one to do this, mm. to become a superstar in his own realm and his own skill. And I find that fascinating because I never thought about Bob Ross as a sex symbol. Nor did I. Nor <laughs> did I. But I can see it my now. Mind. Now I can see it because 
when you think of the whispering, and he even uh, mentions this, I have to watch it again, rewatch the documentary. It's really good. I recommend it. It's a it. really good one. Yeah. It's very good on, on Netflix. There's some controversies. There's a lot of different perspectives to it with his son talking. It's really moving, heartwarming. Yeah. But the thing about this documentary that I found quite fascinating, you just talking about it, is that that sexual implication that is, you know, not something you necessarily think about when you think about Bob Ross, but he was whispering and once, and I think it was when one episode he, that he he did mention that when he was talking to the audience, to the viewers, he was thinking of his wife. Mm. So he's in a way thinking of us as you know his partner. So that's why he's talking softly. He's whispering. He has, has having this this connection, this love connection. That's why it's called the joy of pain, yeah. right? And I remember these books coming out uh, back in the 80s. And I remember even some of, you know, these reprints from the 70s. It was all about joy, love. You know, it, uh, all, it, 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 it's, it's growing out of the, this hippie generation, power, flower power generation of, you know, it's all peace and love, you know, and... and, and it's understandable when you when you look at it in a historical context. Sure. So, man, what I'm really <laughs> fascinated for you to kind of reflect on is, as an artist, what could he have meant? Because he actually said it. This is a, like this principle that we're talking about is an actual quote from him from one of his episodes when he says, "Make love to the canvas." Why? Why? I know you don't have access to his mind. You can't tell us exactly why he said it, but as you imagine what was going through his 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 thinking at that moment, why would he say make love to the canvas? Or I'm going to put it this way, have sex with the canvas. <laughs> why Why put it that way? Okay. I should have made a disclaimer. <laughs> okay. you mentioned it. I should have made a disclaimer here at the very beginning that I'm not an expert on Bob Ross. Make that clear. Very, I cannot know really what, what he was thinking sure. when he said those words. But I, what I can say is that he's not the first one to say that. Okay. Like Pablo Picasso. And way back in art history, you can find multiple references of artists talking about art as lovemaking like okay. an act of so love. unpack that yeah that is that is something that's really charged it's it's very uh, powerful when you just stop for a moment and think about it art is a creative act and when you think about the 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 the, the act of lovemaking sex it is an act of creation because we are pro procreating of course in the traditional sense right in the traditional sense that we might get, you know, our partner, our wife pregnant, and there's going to be a child, a product of that love act, right? So painting is not that different. It's just a, a metaphor for that creative act. So whenever you think of creativity, uh, creation, it all has to do with love, really. It's a labor of love, of doing this thing that you really you're feeling intimately connected to you're you're one you're not two you you just become one for an instant and and i i find that quite powerful when whenever you think of like let's say you paint a landscape you're not thinking about oh that tree over there if you're really painting that tree you're becoming one with that tree mm. so it's almost like it's an act of love because it has to do all with empathy 
It's like identifying with the tree. I've no, often noticed, and this is from my experience back in art school, that when it, you had a nude model pose in a certain pose, and you, and you had students had to draw the the model. Often you would see, like I would look at my my colleagues, and I would see them like moving in a very similar gesture to the model, without even them noticing or realizing that they are just imitating what they're drawing. That's fascinating. It's 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 an act of empathy. Yeah, in that sense is an act of love. Yeah, oh, so good, Patrick. Thank you for <laughs> reflecting on that. I mean, the, the the two things I'm thinking of is one, when I think about the concept of eros erotic energy i mean it's it's you go back to kind of greek mythology it is about kind of the union of 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 things it's it's this impulse in the cosmos to to bring things together but i also think about there's this great book that i've been reading that we were talking a little bit about before we hit record phallos which is exploring uh, a man's erect penis, uh, to, to get literal for a second, as, as a type of symbol of the masculine unconscious. And I won't get into all the details there, but he he quotes this great historian of religion. I, I can't ever say his first name, but his last name is Eliade. He taught at the University of Chicago. And he has this wonderful quote where he says, sexuality is a hierophany, if I'm saying that right, which is basically a manifestation of the holy. And his big thing, and, and the book really underscores this, is that there's an intimate link between sexuality and spirituality. And I'm wondering if that is a connection here to this Bob Ross life principle that that we should make love to the canvas, that, that as we engage in this artistic creation, we are connecting to both spirituality and sexuality as a type of manifestation of the holy, the sacred. I feel that is quite fascinating. That that's a new term to for me, to be honest. The hierophany. The hierophany. I I, I love that. I and, do too. Yeah, but I wonder what what uh, someone like Freud would think about this because uh, there's always this connection with with the mother and with creation, with childhood, with mm. with our own connection with uh with that child mother link right in a way it's very creative and i do feel there's a lot in art that has to do with that because we are reconnecting in many ways not just with ourselves with our memories with what makes us us but with nature with with the society with the community with with everything with with the universe Really, so that reconnection could be interpreted, of course, in in sexual in the sexual lens. But I th I think that's just one way of seeing it. I think it goes beyond that. Mm. But but that is just a perfect example. I feel like it, it it's relevant. Uh, and uh, when you think of someone like Bob Ross, <laughs> you would never think sexual uh, content. But the way he's whispering and the way he's like uh, with his brushes and the, the noise and all is like, mm, dude, okay, now I cannot see him the same way here, after that documentary. Dude, after that documentary and then listening to the, there's this great podcast that you can find on Spotify, which, which is really well done. And it goes through all these various facets of, of his life and his work. I can't now think of him with, this sounds kind of weird, but with like tight pants. <laughs> 
a shirt that's like unbuttoned so you can see his hair. <laughs> yes. And and this luscious head of hair, which, you know, they, they get into this in the podcast. He spent quite a bit of time and quite a bit of money keeping that perm up. Yes. And he hated it. He wanted he didn't want you to keep that perm. Like he he tried he loved to try different hairstyles, but he got stuck with that one. Just the same way that Salvador Dali got stuck with his mustache, which, ah. which was so uh, uh, iconic. And and he just went with it because it, everyone knew him because of the mustache. In the case of Bob Ross, everyone knows him because of the afro. Because of the afro, yeah. And you cannot get rid of that. And that's what made them so successful, so appealing, so attractive in a way. Because it's just like, this person is unique. Mm. I can identify this person from out of a crowd that's bob ross that's salvador dali you know so that's what makes them so interesting as as uh, cultural iconic figures in history and and they remain remain in our collective psyche for years and years and generations and they transcend mm. really and, and it's because of their image and, and image has a lot to do with sex right it's charged with this sexual energy yeah of course, and no matter what you think about it, the afro or the mustache, <laughs> they might be silly, but in a way, look at the animal kingdom, how male, uh, let's say, uh, uh, birds are so uh, uh, colorful oh, and, yeah. and so, uh, what you would just say, uh, eccentric and and. and and weird in so many ways, like the animal kingdom is already replicating that. So what we're doing as, as homo sapiens is just imitating and following and echoing that same animal kingdom behaviors. Like stand out of the crowd. I want her attention. I want the girls to look at me. So whatever it need, whatever is required to bring that, you know, opposite sex attention to me, I'll do it. And that's what Bob Ross did, perhaps unintentionally. But it worked. It worked. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great point. And I never thought about Bob Ross this way when we were talking about this. But honestly, uh, for me, he's like, this is a great guy to just have a conversation with and just learn how to paint, period. But maybe for some guys, he'd be <laughs> someone to take out to the bar <laughs> yes. to attract women. Of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so Patrick, what do you think about uh, principle number four Make your own world. Again, this is one of his direct quotes. Make your own world. You have power and control there. Yes. Uh, what he's referring there is to when, when he's painting these landscapes is that um, you have this, this, this form of escapism through painting in order to make your own reality through the canvas in a way that just uh, disconnects you from whatever your current situation is. And I feel like that is way better than relying on, let's say, AI-generated art today or any other app that you might be finding useful at this moment. Just going head-to-head -head with painting and creating this thing that is your own thing is just powerful beyond belief. For me, that, that's the way to go. See, and this goes back to what I was saying. Like, I feel like one of the things that I struggle with so much, and, and I think a lot of people do too, if, if they're being honest, is a feeling of lack of control, no power. Given 
not only social media and, and all the algorithms and just the way that you get bombarded with all these realities globally that are out of our control, to, to be encouraged to maybe step away from that, take a break, and to work on, in a very humble way, constructing your own world where you have some control and power, I think it's so humanizing. It is. It's so important. But but maybe here's a type of uh, devil's advocate, or, or if we're looking at it from maybe uh, another lens, how would you answer the critic that says, that sounds great, but isn't that just evading the reality of the world? Is that a type of escapism? Are, are you now just focusing on your own individual life and not really giving a fuck about the real world and the, the real problems that we have going on? How, how would you kind of address that critic? Because hmm. I'm not sure I know how to, and, and it's it's a voice that does pop up in my head. It does, but isn't that what art is all about, uh, after all? When, when you sit down and watch a movie, aren't you disconnecting in a way? Mm. You're being disengaged, even though the movie might be treating some, like let's say the movie is about social, political injustices, things that are going on in the real, real world. What are you doing about it? You're just sitting on your couch watching for two hours, one hour, whatever, a a film about that issue. And you're just not doing anything about it. You're just watching. You're just in a mode that is really very much an escapism device for this issue, whatever issue it is. And per that, perhaps that's the reason why so many people are driven towards fantasy and science fiction and, and art is no different from that. You are, in a way, just giving your your own psyche a break. And you're saying that's necessary and healthy. It is. If fuck not, yes. we yes, if, fuck if, yes. If, if, we would if, if be not we would go, just go insane. See, and and yes. I couldn't agree more. And maybe that's why social media is so pernicious, is because it it holds up this idea that everything is urgent and everything has to be paid attention to. And that we to. have to be constantly engaged with the world. Fuck that. We <laughs> don't. We don't. Have fun. Take a break. Do some art or do whatever makes you happy without, you know, uh, as but long Patrick, as it's not that's hurt. not productive. It doesn't, doesn't <laughs> matter. It's just something that you need to do. You know, play a video game. Why not? Have a time for yourself. It's me time for at least once. If not, come on, really, seriously, you're just gonna go crazy. You know, I, I know I've mentioned this great Korean philosopher Byung Chohan oh, before yes, in the podcast, yes. and you know, one of the things I, I, I hear him almost speaking to me in, in this conversation, he would say, "And make time for boredom. Yes, be, be okay with non-productivity." And I feel that's a problem with our generation today because we have so much access to not being bored with our phones. Yeah. So if we could just put our phones away for a moment and feel bored for an instance, man, that is when you get the spark of creativity because why? Because your mind starts thinking of things. Like the, one thought leads totally. to another. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I thought about You're talking to, each, uh, to, to yourself. Talk to yourself. Take some time to talk to yourself, mm. and I feel like that is is where the real, like the spark of creativity, really resides. I love that, Patrick. Maybe, maybe we can go here for a second. Do you have any practical ideas for how someone can talk to themselves? I know that sounds like a silly question, but but I'm really asking it 
in a serious manner. I, I could throw some ideas out, but I, I'd be curious from your perspective what you mean by that. Well, because I think that's important. It I, is, I think it's crucial. It is important. It's it's really important. It's a way of know, knowing yourself, listening to yourself, being good buddies with yourself, being mm. a friend. With you. it's like that's it, so it, important. It is so important. It's like unless uh, I mean, it, it's always better to call a friend, make phone calls. People don't make phone calls anymore. It's like oh, everything is the text message, and it's it's okay, but it's not the same yeah. as feeling the energy of the other person talking to you on the other side of, of the phone. And I remember the old days where you have to dial the phone. It's like, ah. <laughs> uh, and it's like he didn't answer. I was like, call, leave a message, and he'll call back. And say, what, whatever. But the thing is about the phones. What I find quite useful, and this is one app. This is a personal practice of mine that I okay. use. It's like since 2016. So I've been using this for some quite, oh, quite a while. I record myself whenever I'm driving and I'm feeling bored. I just talk to myself. But okay. why not record it? Because talking to myself is one thing, but recording it, ah, it takes it to a different whole level. Because what if I get Alzheimer later on? I forget who I am. Shit, so I can re I can remember. Okay, let, let let's listen what I said on on August tenth, two thousand seventeen. Okay, I was saying, oh, that's so fucking boring. Okay, whatever. <laughs> what what am I saying the next day? Okay, but at least I get this record of. Who I am, what I stand for, what were my thoughts, what were my feelings, how what is, what was my dream last night, what went on that day. You know, these are good practices that I feel. Uh, the problem with that, and I have mixed feelings about this. I'm not advising you necessarily to do this because we don't know if Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk has access to this information. Who knows? They might, you know, because uh, I know that uh, whenever I'm having conversations with my wife, you know, you know, over dinner or lunch about anything, then all of a sudden I get this pop-up advertisement right. on, on Facebook. I said, "What the fuck? <laughs> how how can this it, you, Alexa is listening?" So I, I don't think that's a conspiracy theory. I really think it is happening. Yeah, no, I think you're right. You know, but but happens the, to us too all the time, right? Does it? Yeah, fuck yeah. Oh my, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Although it's funny, I've I've listened to podcasts where they say this is not happening, but I'm thinking, of course they would say that. Yeah, of course they would. <laughs> yeah, they want to make you feel like yeah, everything's okay. But the the point is that make a practice, whatever practice that is, of having a conversation with yourself. I love the idea though of recording yourself so that you can go back and listen to. I remember, Yes. I mean, I think it's maybe in some ways the exact same practice. One of the things that I did when I was in my own therapy was when I was feeling maybe negative or, you know, I, I was going through something that I didn't fully understand, I would pull out my phone and just kind of talk and, and try not even to fully understand what's happening, but to just let out the words. Yes. And, and in letting out the words, it helped me not only feel better, but... It, I could I could put into language stuff that was happening internally, and then later on I could go back and listen to it and analyze it and understand it better. So I, I really like that idea, Patrick, as Absolutely. a type of practice. Yes, and I feel like, and this goes on with this goes so well with the idea of Bob Ross because this, okay. what we're having here is a conversation a conversation between left brain and right brain. Okay, that's important. Of course, yes, that is important. So of course. Uh, uh, the right brains, the right hemisphere of the brain it has to do all with images, you know, spatial intelligence, 
creativity, colors, anything that has to do with any artistic endeavor. While the left side of the brain is more, uh, is this right? Absolutely. Yeah. With more verbal, numerical skills. So if you start having this conversation between your both of your hemispheres of the uh, of your brain, left and right, and right, then you're starting to have like more a sense of who you really are as a person. Absolutely, you start listening to yourself. Oh, wait a minute, this sounds really silly. I should get over this. Okay, let's move on then. So unless you don't have that conversation out loud, you you're not aware of it. Totally. A quick shameless plug for therapy, but I want to also say you can do it outside of therapy. It doesn't have to be therapy. This is one of the things that people find value about entering that kind of space. It's a way of putting the right hemisphere into conversation with the left hemisphere, bringing together the emotional side and then understanding how the left hemisphere with the language and and the the structure of things can begin to help you understand what's actually happening in that right hemisphere. So I think that's an important point as well. It is. Absolutely. So, okay, principle number five, no pressure. Yeah, there shouldn't. There shouldn't be any pressure. We live in a, in a society that's jo- so driven by deadlines and having everything so quick, so fast, uh, seeing results in three seconds. Now you can just prompt chat GPT or, or the DALI art generator AI, do this image so quick, so fast. Everything is so fast. It's just, it is all driven by cars, fast food culture. We're just driven by speed, but not by quality. The quality comes with no pressure. Mm. If you really want to have a quality product, quality thoughts, quality life, you must take your time. Although, you know, Bob Ross, every episode was like half an hour. It's incredible how much he accomplished. That's amazing. It's just, it's just yeah, he had, but he had three paintings, right? He had one as a reference, the one that he was working on, and a third one that he was using for photography and detail. But still, having that time, being able to take time on something, whatever it is, a painting, your own life issues, your own emotional distress, take your time, no pressure. Yes, that's I'm absolutely in agreement with that. With that. Yeah, and I think the one thing I want to add to it is, in, in my experience working with people, there's external pressure, which is a reality. We, we've been talking about social media, maybe your boss, maybe a parent, but I think the worst type of pressure comes from within yourself. Oh, yes, yes. Do you resonate with that, Patrick? Oh, absolutely. It, the worst enemy you have is is yourself. Mm. And as every artist knows, your worst critic is yourself. You're the worst critic. Like you're so hard on yourself and you're judging every little brushstroke you make in life or in art or whatever. It's like everything seems so bad. It's like, no, that's not right. But don't be so hard on yourself. Give yourself a break. Give yourself some some space for some happy accidents to happen. And yeah, just go like with that. that flow and just enjoy it. You know, just just have fun with it. I really like that. Okay, so Patrick, we've hit kind of the halfway mark. Should we take a break, get a drink, and then come back? Sure. And go out sometime in the woods and 
and study trees. Talk to trees, whatever it takes. Tree needs to be your friend if you're gonna paint him. Probably out in your yard you have some beautiful trees that you can look at. Study what happens in the tree. What makes each one an individual. Study nature. I really, I really have some hang-ups about nature being destroyed. I would like to see nature remain the way it is. I would like for my son, his grandchildren maybe, when he goes back to Alaska to be able to see a real moose, not just pictures of one. So appreciate what we have. So the next principle, Patrick, that I want to ask you about is, and this isn't a direct quote, but it's just something that I've gleaned from, from his teaching and his painting, having a positive mindset and gratitude. Now, before you answer, let, let me just say something that's on my mind. When I throw that out there, having a positive mindset, having gratitude, there is a part of me that's like, oh, that's so basic. That's so naive. Fuck, we live in this terrible world that's so negative. Look at what's happening in Palestine. Look at what's happening in the Ukraine. I mean, there's so much horrible shit happening. How could you be positive? How could you have gratitude? So there's an important part of me that wants to resist that. But I don't think that's right. I, I think Bob Ross is correct. We should maintain positivity and gratitude. What do you do with that? Yeah, that, I, I feel that that's a very important question we have to ask ourselves. Uh, first and foremost, uh, what is in our control, as a stoic yeah. might point out? Yeah. Uh, whatever is not in our control, Ukraine, Gaza, is obviously not within your control. Whatever you might think that you might be posting on Facebook or doing whatever, if it makes you feel good about it, posting all these political views one way or another, go ahead. But that's not going to change the fact that there's still war going on in the world. That's what you, key. That's the key. What you can change is your own life and your own relationships with the people around you. Let's make that clear. That distinction has to be pointed out and made very, very crystal clear. Because if it's not, we, then we're just messed up in the world. We're just—it's a messed up world. We cannot do anything about it, and our life is a complete, utter mess. So, let's focus on the things that you can work and do something about: your own personal relationships, the work you do, the way you contribute to some positive change in the world. Let's say art, the the work you do, whatever work it is. You have to focus on that and be very consistent and mindful of, of the positive influence you might have on the on the people around you. And I think that that's the key to all of it, yeah. really. No, that's, that's really good. You know, w w one little thing that I'll say before we, we jump to the next principle is, and, and I, I mention this a lot to my clients, in my understanding of neuroscience, there's this idea uh, a guy named Rick Hansen at Berkeley talks a lot about this and others do too, that we have these brains that are almost hardwired to go toward the negative in terms of our thinking. They, they call it the negativity bias. And so if you're doing no work on yourself, no self-help stuff or spiritual discipline kind of things, you're going to go negative. That that's That's your natural MO, we could say. So 
you know, it's it's not a huge revelation to to state that we're going to be thinking negatively about the world and ourselves all the time if we don't take a pause and take intentional I love that you're always bringing this up, mindful steps towards thinking about a little bit more of positivity. How can I be thankful? How can I express gratitude for the few things that I have in my life that are going very well? It's. I, I think I'm just wanting people to think about the natural flow of your brain is to think of the worst case scenario. How are you taking steps towards remedying that and acknowledging the things that are going well? I think that's an important practice. Yes, very important. Now that you mentioned that about being having this sense of gratitude and appreciation towards others, I remind myself of my time back in Puerto Rico where I grew up with so much rivalry. And I don't know if this mm. is something that I was projecting onto others or something learned or something that was just spread all over. And in the sense that uh, we were so many artists and we were in a way or another competing against each other. Mm. So we were like, oh, looking over our shoulder and like, oh, no, this guy is, nah, I'm better than him. Was you know? it a masculinity thing or, or more than that? I've, oh, yes. I absolutely agree that it was, there has to do something with that. Okay. But beyond that, it was this ego driven okay. masculinity. Uh, artist, self-centered, world attention-seeking drive that was really at, at at the core of it. That I, you know, everyone wanted to be the center of attention. It's understandable from an artist's point of view. But look at the perfect example of Bob Ross. He had a mentor, a teacher, Bill Alexander, which. It was a good relationship in the beginning, like the teacher, the student, the student learned, appreciated what he had to learn from his teacher, and he Im implemented many of the practices from his mentor and, and spread the word from his mentor and even appreciated and had like well-deserved gratitude, like this is my teacher, and he recognized this is my mentor here he is. He was one of the the people he invited to his show. But on the other hand, <laughs> this is where it gets a little ugly and complicated, is his teacher did not have the same same feelings towards his student. Yeah. It's like mm, there's some rivalry, some tension, some like uh, uneasiness about him uh, uh, usurping my place in the art world. I invented wet over wet. That's what Bill Alexander would say, even though wet over wet is a, a art technique which has been practiced throughout centuries and centuries, dating back to the, the Flemish masters of the 15th century. So this is not something he came up with. Mm. So what we have to be aware of with this example is that just like Bob Ross, is you show gratitude, show respect to your teachers, to your mentors, to whoever you have really owed something to in life, that you learn something valuable, recognize them, even though they might disinherit you and they might say things about nasty things about you, whatever they might say, I, I myself have teachers like that, that just don't want you to know anything about me, mm. even though I mentioned their names, like, this guy was important to my formation. I recognize, I rec respect that. And, and without this guy, I would not be here. 
be appreciative of those people who are influential in your lives, regardless of what they think of you. Love it. That's amazing. Yeah. So the next principle, developing a relationship to nature. I mean, I remember some of the episodes that I've seen, and and this is highlighted in the documentary, I think, and, and the podcast. You know, he had very high thoughts about animals. He would talk to trees. He would spend a lot of time in nature. Obviously, like as you pointed out, he would he would paint nature all the time. What, what what's what's this about? I mean, maybe this connects to stoicism too. Like like what 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 do you think a relationship to nature as a human actually means and looks like? I feel like it's it's an a uncomplicated relationship with life. Ooh. I like that. I, I feel like that's that's what it at, at at its core it's really all about. You know, and civilization builds upon civilization upon civilization upon civil like there's a whole hierarchy of social, moral political conventions that our life has been constructed upon that our lives are so unintelligible and so hard to really grasp that when we go back to nature we're really going back to basics mm. we're going back to the essence of what really living on this planet is all about it's about our personal relationship with flowers with food with animals with plants with air with clouds with mountains with rivers with oceans with land it's that direct contact with life itself and that's what society tries to take away from us and i feel like bob ross was really a conduit back to that primary source that we lost mm. And that's that's how i see it i love it, regardless Patrick. of what you think of bob ross because i know as i said before Many people think Bob Ross was not a great painter. He was just Fuck cop. those people. Fuck those people. I really don't care. Uh, regardless of that, it's what he was teaching us to, like, in the way we conduct ourselves and the way we present ourselves to the world. Now, make the distinction between Bob Ross, the guy, the artist, and Bob Ross, the company. Bob Ross yeah. Inc. And, and and that that comes up a lot in the documentary on Netflix. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I, that's why I recommend we're not gonna go into that because we sure, don't want to be sure. sued by these guys. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a diff- distinction between Bob Ross the artist and and what happened afterwards, which is not dissimilar, not too far distant from what let's say Jesus and the religions that came after Ooh. Jesus. Or Walt Disney and the Disney Company okay. that came after Disney, right? So you you can. That's a great analogy, man. Yes, think about it. So many teachers, mentors, prophets uh, that we have had throughout history, and the followers somehow want to profit from it. They want to make money, and they get greedy, and they they just take the message elsewhere, and it's all in the sake of. In the name of capitalism, so that's why you get the the waffle makers on Amazon of uh, uh, Bob Ross's Afro. <laughs> it's true, dude. That's so great. It's all over the place. Yeah, I, I think, and and I I I uh, wouldn't want anyone to follow this necessarily, but I think I've gotten to the point after the documentary that I don't know that I want to buy any of the merch. 
the Bob Ross. Because I'm big on buying like coffee mugs and shirts and shit of the people that I really admire. But I've, I've held off on that because I was convinced by the documentary that, you know, it's not really going to the, the right people. It's it's kind of right. feeding a, a corporation that made some decisions that weren't that great. I'll, I'll put it that way. And it's been highly effective and deceiving because people think <laughs> and buy into it. Yeah. And literally buy into it. Oh, for sure. So, okay. Uh, before we go to the next principle, do you have a specific idea or practice for anyone listening of how to get in touch with nature? You know, because... I mean, I, I want you to imagine someone that lives like we do in, in either a suburb or maybe an urban setting. They don't have the luxury of fucking living next to the mountains. And if you do, that's incredible. Yeah. But most of us don't. How do you get in touch with nature when you live in a society and in an environment that pushes against that, right? That, that wants to keep you connected to the digital and the things that seem unnatural, it's hard. It That's, is hard. It, it's it's very hard. It's 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 not an easy question to answer, but because it's easy for me because I grew up in a farm in in Puerto Rico in Aguadilla in a, mm. a small farmland, had that experience to be exposed to animals, to nature, and all and all of that. But now living here in in Houston, Texas, well in Sugarland, Texas, uh, it's quite different. But what I would say is just try to spend as much time as possible in nature in like state parks, okay. like actual places where you really experience nature yeah. at its fullest, uh, not like these small parks. And and just spend as many hours as possible there alone without your phones. That's very important to keep in mind. Put your phones away or turn them off. Turn them off. Or just silence them and just try to keep that time for yourself in nature. Listen to the birds. Listen to the sounds of nature. I went to New Mexico recently because I had a show there at Evo Contemporary in, in Santa Fe. Yeah. And I stayed there with the owners, Catherine and Elon, at at a, a ranch, a complex that they have oh, wow. uh, 30 minutes out of Santa Fe. And, and you can listen to the... Wild cats, coyotes, and and all at night, and beautiful. It's wow. just beautiful, and 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 having a fireplace, you know, a, a, a like just like a it was not a fireplace. It was like a a a fire pit outside in the outs outdoors, just listening to nature and telling stories to each other. Oh you know, man, it's like fellow cavemen. You know, like like in like the that, ancient that, times. I feel like that that brings us so in touch with our our deep, maybe even archetypal roots as humans, yes. right? Like this yes. is the kind of stuff we were doing. This is what makes hundreds us of fucking humans. Of yes. Yeah, this is what makes us fucking human. Yes, that is at the core and it at the essence of what makes us human. What makes us really tick? It's the storytelling. Mm. It's all about that storytelling. Being in contact with nature and being able to tell stories and listen to other stories as well. I love that. Love that, Patrick. Okay, so so principle number eight, trees grow in different ways. This is a direct quote. Trees grow in different ways. And then my little line, the freedom to individuate. So what what do you make out of his statement, trees grow in, in different ways? Because I, I have some things well, I want to say about that. There's a website that uh, measures uh, the stats of uh, how many 
landscapes, this or that Bob Ross painted, and it, it, it is on that website. And I think it's mentioned on the we- on the documentary, or I don't know if it's on somewhere else. That's not mentioned that he painted trees 91% of the time. But what it doesn't mention is that he painted a certain kind of tree, which is mostly pine trees, not palm trees. Because if you look at Bob Ross's palm trees, with all due respect, someone who comes from the Caribbean knows what palm trees look like. Yes, we do. <laughs> we do. We're from right? Puerto Rico. Right. We're both from Puerto Rico. <laughs> when we look at, if you ever get a chance to look at, just do a search on Bob Ross palm trees, you would be a little disappointed, understandably so. Now, look at his pine trees. That are, Well, of course, he, he, he spent most of his time in Alaska. In Alaska, yeah. But that's what he mostly painted was like these pine trees. And he already had a system, a method, an approach to these trees. And it, they usually went in pairs. They were not alone. They were. They always had a, a, a little friend, right? mm. a little fr- a friendly, tr- because trees cannot be alone, right? <laughs> trees needed a friend. So I like that whole attitude of, you know, you need a friend. You need a friend here. Let's paint a little... Uh, a uh, happy friend on the side there. And you can hear the brush strokes. Oh my, that's so soothing because that's what a friend is all about. You know, you feel like everything is okay. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, really good. That's the essence. It's not about the tree. It's about your relationship with the concept of friends. It metaphors that the, the trees were metaphors for, for friends. Dude, that's, that's I, I hadn't I thought about it that way. I love that so yes. much. <laughs> so, so can I share with you kind of what, what I got out of his idea of, of trees grow in different ways? It's just the idea that there's no one right way to live your life or to be a human or yes. to, to do this thing that, that we're doing on this planet together. I, I think, again, we're, we're going back to social media quite a bit. I, I just feel like there's so many different rules out there, these these shoulds that, that, that we feel like we have to subscribe to. And... I, I'm not saying there aren't ethics or morals that that help us to, to be better people in the world, but I'm so sick and tired of whether it's the left or the right telling me or anyone else exactly what they should believe or how they should live their life. Fuck that. I, I, I think individuation is right. I think Carl Jung was right. We're, we're each unfolding into a unique singularity, a unique individual, and we have to follow that. It's not about conforming to one path or another. It's it's doing your individual thing. And then I think hopefully figuring out how to live in some type of peaceful coexistence with others. Okay, so Patrick, the principle number nine, anybody can paint. And, and before you answer, let me just say, like, when I when I hear him say that, there's a part of me that's wanting to call bullshit because... I've tried to paint. I've tried to draw. I can't even fucking do a good stick figure. <laughs> so how, how would you want to respond to that? My response to that would be, first of all, the question would be, <laughs> have you had the experience to try it? No, that's a good point. And I really haven't given it much time. I've, I've tried here and there. I see how shitty it comes out and then I give up. 
Well, that is one. Is that, big is that a part of the problem? Yeah, that's part of the problem. You, you're <laughs> not giving up because I think that's the whole point of having happy accidents. Hmm. Not giving up because it's a happy accident. If it's a happy accident, you just don't have to be upset about it. You know, you just keep going on and trying, keep trying maybe, until you maybe, get it right. Maybe I've fallen into the trap of uh, comparing myself and comparing thinking, oh, yourself. this is so shitty compared to this other person. Yes, that's the problem with social media today. I tell you, stay away from social media. As If you're listening to me, to us right now, stay away from social media as much as possible, please, for your own good. Because, you know, really, this is all about trying to be the better part of yourself. You, you want to be at your best. You cannot be comparing yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Compare yourself with your previous self. You'll be better off. So in that sense, painting, everyone can paint. Yes, everyone can absolutely paint. Now, that is highly subjective. Who are the greatest painters? Who are like average painters? Who are good painters? Who are very bad painters? That is highly subjective. This is not sports. This is art. Mm. Art is always going to be subjective. It's like I, I was a part of a jury for a for an art contest uh, a few weeks ago, and I had to select the winners. Okay, man, that was such such it's, a task. It's so subjective. It's so subjective, and I was even questioning myself: Why am I picking this? Is it because I'm biased? towards realism, towards, you know, representational art, towards anything that looks anything similar to what I do? Or is it because of the craftsmanship? Or is it well done, well rendered, or what? What You know, art is very subjective. So don't listen to critics. Don't listen to your own inner critic, because that's the worst. Be yourself. Give it a try. Give it a try at least once okay. because I think we all carry the artist within us. The problem is that we forget who that is because what the inner artist is within us all is really the inner child. Mm. The, the, that little guy in us that wants to question, experiment, and is curious and about everything he is the, the, the pure scientist and mindset. He wants to know it all and just do like little fun things, little fun projects. Why not allow yourself to do it? Don't have to. You don't have to post it. Fuck that. Why do you have to post it all on fu a fucking fuck face uh, uh, book? Don't post it on, uh, on Facebook. Forget about that. Uh, don't post it on Instagram or TikTok. Do it for your own enjoyment. Mm. Do it for yourself. This is not for sharing. This is not for competing. This is not for comparing. This is something you do for your own inner healing. Dude, that's so good. And I, and I actually think it, it, it kind of transitions almost perfectly into the last principle I wanted to ask you about in terms of Bob Ross's philosophy a focus on practice rather than talent. Right. I, 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 wait, 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 how, how would you want to kind of speak to that? Because I, well, I think it connects to what you just said. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, there's a lot of debate on whether 
uh, Bob Ross was talented or not. Really? Uh, yes. There are, if you go on to YouTube, you can hear a lot of critics of Bob Ross, which are, in my view, haters. You know what? Like, it's, it's funny. As, as someone who's not a professional artist, unlike yourself, who's extremely talented... I hear that anyone would think he wasn't talented, and I think, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. Compared well, to most of us, he was incredible. He was incredible. <laughs> but what was incredible about him, it was not necessarily his art technique or his paintings itself, you know, the painting itself. Sure. What he did, it was really the manner in him, in which he communicated and, and just carried his his own project of of inspiring others that was the main thing here mm. and they missed that point whoever is criticizing uh, bob ross is missing the point that bob ross was all about inspiration and and, and incentivizing others to do whatever they wanted to do and be free you know be artists themselves feel like they were artists for at least a moment so what i, I would say is 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 just experiment had that experience. It's it's all about experience. It's not about having great materials or or this or that, that canvas that's that easel these paints. By the way, Weber, Bob Ross materials are not the best. Oh, like his paints and shit <laughs> like, don't, don't yeah, buy that stuff? But that's not on his like I I don't blame the guy, the okay, artist. This is Bob like, Ross Inc. No, this is Bob Ross Inc. <laughs> this is something else. It's just when you try they're very watery, slip, uh, like the slurpy, buttery paint <laughs> that's just... Uh, it, 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 it's good for certain effects, like the wet and wet, but it's, it's so diluted and it's not the highest quality, which would make Bob Ross really sad because he was really about quality and, and making the best out of the whole experience and all that. So we have to separate again. When I get, you know, once more, we have to separate the, the guy, the artist from the company. But what I wanted to, uh, I really wanted to end it up and end this up with the whole idea of, of giving it a try, you know, try it, uh, experience being an artist for once and, 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 and see what it makes you feel. What is the sensation you get from this? It's almost like reconnecting with your own inner child yeah. like going back to your youth like when you were drawing with crayons and you were just experimenting and in awe and wonder of nature and discovering new things that is at the core and at the essence of what i feel bob ross was trying to communicate through his work yeah so there's this great social psychologist adam grant out of uh, i think he's the university of pennsylvania and I forget the exact title of his new book. I think it's called Hidden Potential. But he, this is one of the, the big points in his book is don't fall into the myth that it's all about innate natural talent. And and he's talking about obviously more than just, just art. He's talking about sports and other creative ventures. He He's big on putting the work focus on the process, put in the time. And it's not that anyone's going to be the next Michael Jordan, but if if you can really commit to something and focus on something, you have a hidden potential that could really surprise you. Right. And I don't know, I feel like that's a, a type of positive note to end on. Um, I'm, I'm frustrated sometimes when parents tell their kids they can be anything they want to. I don't think that's 
right? But I do think we're capable of more than we originally imagined. And yeah. and I think if we can focus on the practice and have a type of commitment to the the craft, the work, we can produce some things that are quite incredible. Again, surprising even ourselves. Absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. Like I said, I had this this conversation with this uh frame maker um yeah and and he was uh, we were talking about this like he was tell it was asking me if if this is an innate gift that i had mm. because i i took these drawings right, right. to him for him to frame and it's like wow he was amazed it's like no listen this was a lot of hard work it was not easy i'm not talented i had to work it through really practice it was all about practice really mm. some people it's really easily given like it is a gift but you know what not everyone is the same and that's not a bad thing you know that is something that not necessarily because you feel perhaps you perceive that it's not a gift given to you not necessarily that means you cannot achieve the same level of greatness of someone who has the gift with hard work and practice, you can achieve that. And that's what I like about Bob Ross, that he always encouraged you to try harder and just give it a chance. Just go ahead and build your own world. I love it, Patrick. Hey, thank you so much for Thanks. for this episode and this conversation. I've really enjoyed it. It's great. Me yeah. too. I, I can't wait for us to jump back into the major arcana. I think we're going to be focusing on justice. I think that's the card that's, yes. that's coming up next. It's uh, Justice is the next car we're going to be talking about probably next year. We're going to start the whole series yeah. back again, you know, from the second row of the Major Arcana up to the World card. We're going to try to do this more often. I cannot promise you we're going to do it every other week, but I'll try my best to do so because I really want to uh, get this all wrapped up into, you know, a, a whole series of, of, of podcasts that we can, episodes that we can just have all delivered together. Yeah, that'd and, be nice. Yeah, that'd be great. And But Justice is a card. Be prepared for it. It's the next episode we're going to have, and it's going to be a hard one to deal with because with so much going on in the world that you would question right. justice itself as a concept, yeah. is that a human construct or what? It's a great yeah. point. <laughs> I can't wait to get into it. Yeah, me neither. Okay, yeah. thank you. Okay, thanks, Gigi. 